some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name's Cole Ross. And I'm Mike Villalobos. And you're listening to a Bonfire Side Chat Appendix. It is an undead second favorite. And this week we are reading your responses to uh, Hades Tower of Flame and the Blue Cathedral. Thanks so much for sticking around, Mike. Thanks. No problem. Yeah. Waited a whole week. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, it, was, it was awkward listening to you go to work and... <laughs> You know, <laughs> listening. I probably should have muted my microphone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm sorry you guys had to listen to me eat those chicken wings, and you know, it's probably pretty gross for you guys. And yeah, yeah. sorry about the crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was sorry I watched the crying game over and over. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this is where we read your responses. And uh, we're going to start out with uh, some errata, and I am uh, liberally throwing in the follow-up moniker on this. Uh, before we jump in, I kind of want to say, uh, over the past couple of appendices, kind of uh, laid out like that briefer is better and on topic is better. If you wrote in with something and you don't hear it on this episode or any given episode, know that I am holding on to them for a time when it's going to be appropriate to bring them up. So uh, that is kind of the uh, way that we're going. So don't have your feelings hurt. We are reading and uh, looking at and trying to find the best place to drop these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also we're holding them in case you run for office. Yes. At a given point. So like, this guy thought the dragon dragon rider was hard. Do you want him to be the governor of Will he Missouri? be able to answer the hard questions at 3 a.m.? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So uh, um, I'll get us started with the first uh, errata slash follow up. Alex says via comment, um, and if you want to comment on any given episode, that is totally a thing you can do. Um, for example, to comment on this, you would just go to duckfeed.tv slash bsc slash thirty seven and uh, drop that little comment there. Uh, so Alex writes in saying, "White phantoms can use warmth to heal bosses and other enemies." That is in response to us asking if uh, um, white phantoms are able to interact with other enemies in any way. So that would be right. a great way to be a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you weren't using life drain patch, be a jerk. Because my understanding is, at least uh, currently, that will affect uh, your allies mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I might be wrong about that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks, Alex. Yeah. Uh, Alex also says, maybe the same Alex. Maybe <laughs> a different sh- Alex. I'm not sure. Maybe a different gender. Who knows? Um, but Alex says via contact, uh, I think the Hayden Knights might have had some sort of connection to Artorias, since at least the one in the Forest of Fallen Giants fights with his sword one-handed while his other arm just kind of hangs at his side. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting. Like I, They were, looked a little bit Artorias-y to me when I first saw them. Um, a little bit like a mix of like Artorias and a Solaire yeah. kind of put together. Um, but I watched, a, I was looking around on YouTube and I ran into a, a lore video that was talking about Hyde being um, Astora. Hmm. And it wasn't, it's not totally outside the realm of possibility. Like he makes kind of good arguments. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and it's, it wasn't, it's got to be new. Like it's got like a hundred views or something like that. Um, but he mentioned that, and he said because of um, the the Hyde Knights are emulating um, Solaire's armor style or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, different than him, than being Artorias, but uh, it kind of you know, in just the, the subject of them reminding yeah, reminding people and the uh, the association between Astora and Lordran and Solaire and the flame makes perfect sense in that yeah, case you, as well. Yeah, you get the uh, the bone dust there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's possible. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, in 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 your case, like in the what is it, the canonical version, you are the Dark Lord, while uh, Solaire in his own realm actually uh, uh, rekindles the fire himself. So, mm-hmm. like the Sublime Bone Dust might actually be Solaire helping you out again. Yeah. <laughs> so, in which case, I would use it for soup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Gross. Creme de sol. Um, <laughs> Mike, do you want to read uh, Cody? Uh sure. Cody uh, via contact uh, states. I believe that Melentia is hollow. On my first playthrough, I noticed that the parts of her hands that are uncovered look hollow. Hmm. Hmm. 
I totally intended before we record tonight uh, that to go back and use the old binoculars to take a look. And I could not verify this. So I will take your word, Cody. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea. Did it, was Is this just um, like an interesting tidbit or did we say that she wasn't hollow? I think that there was some discussion about whether or not she was. Um, okay. At least at, I will I will own that. I asked whether she was or not since she was a survivor kind of of the. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know hanging around in the remnants after the after the wars and explicitly says so um it was left uncertain to my mind whether or not she was hollow i don't think we arrived at any conclusion um Hmm. except to say that uh you know she was doing her best to survive and her trying to collect souls by being a merchant makes sense too because there's a long history of merchants selling stuff to get souls to try and placate their uh creeping madness (laughs) Yeah. yeah So moving on to the responses proper, I took some effort to categorize these. So we're going to start out with kind of the gameplay stories. Uh, Sean Wagner writes in via Facebook saying, uh, as this was the first area I visited and stubbornly pushed forth on, my health quickly found itself at the three-quarter mark. I became desperate as the night started uh, to disappear and I couldn't overcome the dragon rider and I decided to use an effigy. But in misreading the description, I tried burning it to restore my health. Whoops. Mm. After that didn't work, I tried burning another effigy, and I am ashamed to say, a third before figuring out that you have to consume them from your inventory. Mm. At that point, I may have had one effigy left and not enough souls to level, and I was feeling very desperate. Instead of turning back, I pushed on and defeated the Dragon Rider on my next try. My do-or-die moment in Dark Souls 2 was early on, but it kept uh, me motivated through the Ruined Sentinels and other points that may have hollowed me to the game, as I knew, (laughs) despite the transient nature of Dark Souls 2, that there would always be a way to overcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did the same thing. I burned an, an effigy because that's what you do with effigies, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right is in the name. Uh, yeah. Well, also, and there's a tradition of burning uh, humanities uh-huh. or the Kindle bonfires. So, right. like, yes, you could use a humanity, but you could also burn them. It's not if you're thinking of them as a direct one to one. Now, uh, one thing I've actually never burned an effigy at a bonfire. Is I don't, is there a way you can do that? Yeah. Oh, it's I've only, I guess I've only ever tried at the Majula Bonfire, but does it only apply to like areas that you're in already? I think I it mean, only it applies, yeah, but, uh, PvP areas because uh, the the primary effect is it, it's supposed to lower your chance of being invaded. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. 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 To to what degree I don't know. I mean, invasions happen so rarely right now, um, because, just because of uh, you know people not getting the invasion items until kind of later levels. Right. Interesting. Uh, I, so I think I I avoided burning them um, until I had actually gotten some sublime bone dust and burned that. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, let's try burning this effigy. And I was at Majula, and it didn't allow me to. So I was not 100% certain on how exactly to go about that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder if that works in um, on uh, NPC invaders. Because hmm, I, yeah. I could see some points like later on, especially if you make a certain mistake uh, um, uh, wanting to keep NPC, NPC invaders from uh, having you. <laughs> yeah, or right. if it works on uh, Red Phantoms and New Game Plus. Because mm. that would be... Some of those are nasty. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Huh, interesting. We'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Josh Redding says via Facebook, My first thought on entering the area was, wrong way, considering I came here before the Forest of Fallen Giants. I then proceeded not to come back until finishing the Lost Bastille and Sinner's Rest, which meant I blew through the area rather quickly. Uh, the architecture and landscapes are gorgeous and make me wonder if that has any relation to Flan and Guinevere. I'm sure I'm not the only one. The Cathedral of Blue was a little bit disappointed in how limiting our, limited our access was to it, and I was looking forward to exploring a whole new thing, not just two rooms. Uh, finally, this is not Ornstein, but rather an imitator. <laughs> no support given. <laughs> just a second. <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know, I respect huh. the boldness. Yeah, I, I, I respect it. I will defend to the death your right to say it. Yeah. If I may, may not agree uh, with what you say. Yeah. There. I didn't mention it, but I actually came here. I came here first and didn't come back here until after I had done uh, Lost Bastille and Sinner's mm-hmm. Rest as well. So I was also very overleveled. And then it was still easy when I came back, you know, when I figure out the sequence of the game, the second playthrough. Yeah. But the first playthrough, I only came here first. I didn't come here after the Giants because I ended up taking the uh, the nest yeah. To uh, to Las Bastille, and that area is not so overwhelmingly difficult that you can't do it then. So, I I feel 
I feel a little bit compelled to explain my reason for the sequencing because I forget if this was my idea or not. But uh, coming here after doing Forest of Fallen Giants as opposed to going straight to the best deal was motiv- was motivated by the fact that this is uh, available right from the central hub as opposed to being through kind of a semi-hidden, uh, uh, you know, path, right? Behind well, an optional boss. It makes boss. tons of sense. I yeah. think I just... I did it in a weird way yeah like, yeah i think that i think this is the intended second area yeah yeah, yeah. That, that, that that wasn't even in response to you there was uh in one of my streams people were like oh it totally makes like why are you going here next blah 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 and i gave that justification there so if anybody else had that question in their head stop yelling at me uh harry simpson via facebook uh says i really like the tower at first pass it was very intimidating it's a gauntlet of giant bros trying to smash you into little bits and that is great after learning that you pull them easily or dodge them with little effort, the intimidation wanes, and exploring the tower becomes effortless. The switch that raises the ring around the Dragon Rider, giving you more room to brawl, felt a little gamey. I think we can agree on that. Um, what was the point of that switch when the tower was designed? Was that giant supposed to be stationed at the switch to raise a ring of delicious snacks for the Dragon Rider? If so, props for the snack switch. The tower was short and sweet. Ten, and t- ten out of ten would snack again. <laughs> that, that's exactly the kind of speculation i like to hear yes. <laughs> more like that that adds adds to my grand design of a, of a of a home my dream home that will have the the raising snack table that will just <laughs> on command be full of snacks and ready ready for for eating It'll lift it directly to my mouth are you just describing yeah. a dumb waiter <laughs> 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 Maybe. No, I appreciate it. Trust me, I'm, but but it would be different because it would raise from the floor in mm. where there's there was no table before, and then suddenly there is table with snacks. Tell me, does this yeah. dream house have a helicopter pad on the top, a pool, and four on floors five, seven, and fourteen, and also <laughs> slides instead of stairs? Because I think you're cribbing from my notes. <laughs> slides is definitely in there. Slides yeah. is definitely. In there. <laughs> or at least fireman poles. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like the Pee Wee Herman breakfast machine. <laughs> it reminds me of that, like, if it is giving him snacks. Mark Hudson, kind of, kind of following on that via Facebook. Uh, the Tower of Flame epitomizes Dark Souls 2 level design. To quote Red Dwarf, such small portions, but so many courses. <laughs> Same with the bosses, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's definitely uh, more discrete chunks yeah, with the, the kind sure. of bonfire to bonfire um, distances being shorter. Yeah. And uh, right. I think that's definitely part of the, uh, the level design. Yeah. So. Uh, since that one was so short, I'll take Dennis's as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He says via Facebook, this is Dennis. Can you my... do it in your best Dennis impersonation? <laughs> uh, so the Dragon Rider boss was a great microcosm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> he's, we, we know Dennis. He's he's one of the ghosts on the level. Thank, thank you, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was in your wedding, Dennis. <laughs> don't don't excommunicate. <laughs> Please stay on the show, Dennis. No, just impersonate him from the wedding. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Why is he Keanu Reeves? <laughs> I don't know. That was my impersonation of you doing an impersonation of Dennis. Yeah. Two why. generations or it was down. Like Michelangelo. Like, I crave pizza no more. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the nicest person. No, he's great. I, know. <laughs> I just feel bad. I don't yeah. know why. Uh, yeah. So I'll do it in my cold voice. Okay. Um, the Drag Rider boss fight is a great microcosm for how my attitude towards Souls games has changed over time. After being promptly knocked off the edge by my uh, my first time through the fog gate, old Dennis uh, would have dug in his heels and spent the next eight hours beating him the, quote, right way, up close and personal with no summons. Instead, new Dennis, improved Dennis, immediately bought 200 arrows and cheesed him from the overlook. Hey, <laughs> any way that works is the, quote, right way, Right. How fitting it was then that the dragon rider turned and put up his shield to block uh, what would have been the killing arrow. Wow. Uh, the message couldn't have been more clear. You have to. You may have lost your dignity, but I have not. So get your ass down here and finish this fight with honor. Ah, Dark Souls. You know exactly how to push my buttons. Thank God I got that final hit without being knocked off the edge because I don't think I could have brought myself to cheese him with arrows a second time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we didn't mention that during the um, the episode, but I, I knew this comment was coming because I read it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to cover it twice. But it's kind of funny that he doesn't put the shield up until the end. Like, it's very consistent. He will let you get him down to one hit point. <laughs> you know, but the killing blow, he'll always block. It's like, ah, bah, bah. It's just, <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> I was okay with all those other arrows. Yeah. This one. <laughs> yeah. Arrow too far. Yeah. <laughs> it can only take too much. Am I... <laughs> Am I not hollow? Do I not bleed when you... Do I not turn to ash when you... I don't know how this works. I'm so sorry. I can't. <laughs> um, different Gary, which is rare. It's a rare name. Hey, Gary, buddy. Um, Gary says, by, unless it's just me trying to sneak in my... Yeah, I really like the way that Gary's right about all the speculation. <laughs> yeah. also, also, the bad ending of Demon Souls is the good one. I'm, I'm the one person who agrees with him. Um, anyway. Gary's pretty uh, much the human equivalent of a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. uh, keep calling him Tank. The, um, so uh, Gary, different Gary via contact says, I discovered Hade's uh, Tower of Flame after coming up against a brick wall with the Ruin Sentinels. Hmm. After eventually working out where the switch was uh, to get there, I fell in love with the level design. I took one look at the old knight waiting there and ran back to Majula to spend my souls. <laughs> On my return, I dispatched the first knight with relative ease. The second, however, crushed me like sublime bone dust <laughs> with that ridiculous mace. I love that mace wielding knight because he regularly kicks my ass, even if I get complacent. Uh, the, or especially if I get complacent. Excuse me. The area after the dragon rider was somewhat underwhelming, but I hope there are some surprises in New Game Plus. There aren't. Sorry. I'm so sorry, Gary. Asked, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, other Gary. <laughs> um, you Gary's got to stick together. Yeah, I know. Gary's Gary's before hose. This, 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 this isn't a no um, Gary's club. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even though I think there might be more changes in new games, further new games, I just haven't gotten to them yet. Mm. Um, the um, Vadi did a video today, or yesterday, that was like a 10 things you didn't know. If you kill all the bosses in new game plus 10, the flames in the map in the mansion turn blue. Yep. New what? game plus 10. Yep. What? <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> On to new game plus 100 and see what happens there. Yeah, yeah let's just keep going. Like, turn to ice. <laughs> so, so many courses yeah. 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 every 100 soul levels it rotates elements yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly huh. yeah. Hmm. all these flames have turned to air <laughs> it's like uh, a bowling alley <laughs> go ahead uh, let's see uh, Jeremy uh, via contact writes uh, the dragon rider fight is unmemorable and rather easy to, due to his limited moveset but does teach new players the importance of stamina conservation and even offers a green blossom outside the fog door huh, that's very true uh, they also offer an awesome npc summon who i didn't use until new game plus when i expected him maybe to be you know riding a fucking dragon <laughs> or doing something challenging uh, the rather obvious trick to raising the floor i think is from Trying uh, from software, trying to teach players that there will be opportunities to affect boss chambers, a trick they will need in Earth and Peak. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, his soul doesn't offer anything interesting lore-wise, but can be made into four items, including the badass-looking twin blade, a redeeming feature of this uninspired fight. I haven't personally seen the twin blade, but um, they look pretty badass in general, so I'm just going to go ahead and take his word for it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't used them at all yet. I, I want to try them, but... I just, uh, it seems like you kind of have to build for them. Yeah, kind of like you know? lances. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly like lances. Like, I would like, someday I'll do a lance run through and someday I'll do a twin blade run through. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, uh, on earlier, you know, just haven't gotten there yet. I think I'm positioned to do a lance run through with my guy right now, though, with, uh, with the stats that I have. That's cool. <laughs> lances are really good. Like, there's a lot of, like, PvP videos out there that show them doing good shit. Hmm. They look cool. And, too, can, so. and can you poke from behind your shield with the lance? Yes, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the the big thing is they do they do multi hits, so they they uh, break down people's guard really quickly. Yeah, that's nice. And also they have uh, like much longer like leaping attacks too. Mm-hmm. So like, the, it really does turn you into a dragoon, which is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rob uh, Rob Jenkins rather says via Facebook, was I the only one who thought that who thought Anne Orlando upon entering this area? 
No, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hypothetical question. Uh, looking up at the Cathedral of Blue brought up so many uh, nostalgic feelings in me. And the icing on the cake was, of course, the boss inside. What a delightful surprise. I've read some people uh, that were, uh, were disappointed with this kind of reuse, but I thought it was brilliant. A proper stupid grin moment. <laughs> Dragon Rider is a cool boss, though I fought him properly slash honorably the first time, i.e. after raising all the platforms. He's now my go-to guy for all new builds, an easy source of 12k souls if you get him to fling himself off the edge with his first attack. Thanks, Lobos Jr. That's you, dude, uh, for teaching me that. <laughs> yeah, You're welcome, Rob Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you, you know what? I, I find it really, really hard, like, of all the complaints to levy against this area, like, oh, they reused it, therefore it sucks, is not <laughs> one of the ones. Like, him calling it a proper stupid grin moment kind of encapsulates it for me, which yeah, is me my delight at this it probably outweighs any kind of, like, wait a minute, that would have, like, that would happen with that. Right. If right. it was ever and, there and, in the first place. And the complaint, I, I don't know, at least, I, I don't understand the complaint necessarily because, uh, it's not like they reuse the same assets and the same animations just to save, you know, save cost or whatever, because they're completely new models and animations and all of that. So it's, yeah. it's, it's like, it's not like they just took the easy path and just threw the same boss in there. They had to go out of their way to recreate the area and recreate the boss fight and all of that. Yeah, it's, it's so intentional. And it also ties into all of this lore wankery mm -hmm. kind of stuff that we're doing, no matter which, you know, form of it you support, like, if the callbacks to it were, you know, imagine it in, say, like, I don't know, like a, a different game where the theming wasn't about this recursive nature of the land, then, yes, it might seem kind of lazy, like a, a copy and paste job. But right. that so ties so hard into everything else about the game, you know? Sure. Yeah. It is just a, it's, it, support, it supports the thesis too much. And, like, if there was any cynicism to be read into it, it would be like, oh, it's just blatant fan service. But, like... I'm a fan. Serve me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's exactly what I want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, do, like, do this. Yeah. Again. Well, it, it just it goes into that. Like, Dark Souls 2 exists as a sequel to Dark Souls 1. Mm -hmm. right. You know? Like, it is meant to reflect on the first one. It is yeah. not meant to, you know, stand alone. Yeah. It's like, and oh. If not, yeah. it... Uh, I was say, it's like, uh, oh, like, you know, a lot of the weapons make a return from Dark Souls 2. Does that mean that's, you know, the weapons aren't there's silly weapons because they're reused or something like that. Yeah. Right. right. Well, it, it's, it's, it's not the relationship between demon souls and dark souls, you know, right. it, is, it is explicitly a sequel. Like we're going to see those connections. So thank you, Rob. I'll go ahead and uh, read chase here. Uh, chase Greenlee says via Facebook, blue cathedral is home to one of my favorite dark souls mo uh, memories. I found my way there pretty early on and was quickly trounced by the old dragon slayer. A few days later, my friend and I were playing at the same time talking over Xbox Live. He hadn't found his way to the area yet, so I directed him there and to go there, and he got there in time for me to hear his first impressions. I hinted that there was something cool to find, and he was on the hunt. After a few hints from my end, I got to hear him discover the old Dragon Slayer, and immediately the wild speculation began. <laughs> I At game night, um, Nick had not gone to this area yet, but my mm. friend Levi had, uh, both show alumni. And uh, I took Levi as like... Ben and Courtney, can I use your bedroom for a minute? And then <laughs> took him in there to be like, did you see that? And like have that kind of holy shit <laughs> with him and not spoiling it for anybody else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> super satisfying. <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel like I'm missing by not like talking to somebody while playing it, but I just, I, I, I treasure those alone moments where I can like take notes in peace. Yeah, it was it was a different experience. Like I had Dark Souls one where I was constantly talking to people, and then Dark Souls two, I went into it mostly blind and talked to you from time to time, mm -hmm. but kept kept a lot of it. It was much more secret, you know. Yeah. So there are just occasional holy shit moments like this. I'd have to talk to people about. Yeah, and, and that's not totally true. You talked to me about it too. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just totally like you, you. You said like, oh, did you see the thing in the in the place? And I was like, yeah, it's totally in Orlando, which is what I thought at the time before my mm -hmm. understanding was tweaked a little bit but i thought so too at first yeah. like that was that was totally where i was at yeah but um, yeah, i mean it makes sense for us to talk to each other about that it's not like <laughs> we don't do this <laughs> yeah it's not like yeah. this isn't a thing we do yeah. oh man so yeah that concludes kind of the general gameplay stories uh but uh, there's a whole other category of uh letters that we received which is lore speculation or as i am putting in the parenthetical this must be the place <laughs> go ahead and give us ben mike 
Cool. Uh, ben, via contact, mentions, while I really love the Hades Tower of Flame for the obvious thematic callback to the first Dark Souls, my favorite part was the old Dragon Slayer. Of the myriad theories out there regarding his identity, I feel like the strongest evidence points to the old Dragon Slayer actually being Ornstein. Why? Because in retrospect, Ornstein and Smo in Anorlando were probably illusions of conjured, conjured by Gwendolyn to recall two puissant knights at the height of their power and glory. When we finally face the real Ornstein, he is a decrepit, bitter shadow of himself, bereft of purpose and fallen to using dark sorcery like Artorius before him. He was a perfect capstone on the area whose theme evokes an ancient, tarnished jewel that has outlived its purpose. Very well stated, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say uh, half of me was really excited to get Ornstein to half health because I, I expected <laughs> Smo to jump down from the top. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, boy, here we go again. But uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sure enough, so, one one of my there. favorite Soapstone messages was outside of that where it just said, fatty, question mark. Yeah, <laughs> um, just uh, expecting that and having it never show up. I saw one that said, no chest, therefore despair. Or something yeah. like that. After you beat them, <laughs> yeah, those those self referential ones are great. Yeah, uh, series referential ones. I love this community. <laughs> <laughs> like our friend Jeremy, you know he he uh, he he chronicles the worst of it, but like there's a, such just a, like a like a wonderful positivity and just kind of humor about people who uh, participate in this. That is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So let's see here. Jason says via the contact form, Hades is an amazing level in the sense that it really encapsulates a lot of Dark Souls 2's themes through its design and lore. The main recurring theme of of repurposing is evident in the vista that immediately recalls a sunken and Orlando and the old knights that recall the slog up the stairs to Ornstein and Smo, leading up to what may or may not be Ornstein himself. Whose soul leaves quite a va- uh, leaves it quite vague whose body uh, it, it is he actually inhabits. Uh, this is where it clicked for me that time and space would work differently in Drang Lake slash Lordran. Hades is where it started making design sense that you can warp from the beginning of the game, which was originally a huge letdown. The ability, to, the ability to warp and the sense of displacement it gives you right off the bat plays into the extreme timey-wimeyness of Dranglick and its connections to the Chosen Undead and Lordran. Yes, which we have termed spacey waciness. Yes, <laughs> is, so, is what we're calling that. So catch Thank up, you to Jason. Brayden Cameron, who's the uh, <laughs> the originator. It took me a minute. I had to remember who came up with Timey Wimey, <laughs> and it was Brayden in the uh, the Nulando episode. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking for the origin of that. Um, yeah. So yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Jason. Um, Jamie says via contact. By the time I got to the Cathedral of Blue, I was sure as I could be that this was Anne Orlando, sunk beneath the waves by the cataclysmic force of the Chosen Undead renewing the first flame in Dark Souls 1. As such, I was equally sure when I went through the Fog Gate that the disheveled knight I saw before me was the very same Ornstein that we knew and loved from Dark Souls 1. The image of him standing there in a deep depression, mourning the loss of the compatriot that he'd that he'd always thought he hated, but really loved, was a genuinely piercing moment of emotional clout. Almost as piercing as the giant goddamn spear, which moments <laughs> later claimed my life. Um, I never would have predicted that Dark Souls 2 would be the game to make me feel a deep, vicarious sadness at a man's loss of his best friend slash oddball buddy, uh, oddball slash buddy cop movie slash love-hate relationship slash platonic life partner. But there you go. From software full of surprises <laughs> <laughs> did you guys ever get a uh, hit with uh his insta kill move with uh old dragon slayers like just stick you with a spear and hold you up and then drop you over the hilt i have not no yeah it, it caught me on a stream and i was really upset because i was about to win <laughs> <laughs> so is it is it pretty much the same attack from dark souls one yeah oh, okay mm-hmm yeah, just if he if he manages to get you with the right combination of variables in place, uh, he'll just like pick you up over your over it and then uh, stomp his spear so you fall over the hilt and die. So wow. mm-hmm. yeah, nice, pretty gruesome. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I never thought of him as being sad for for Smo no. at this point. But that's a yeah. that's a that's an interesting idea. And like, it, it, there's something kind of sad about it. And like, just that lack of pomp. And then the uh, the the way the music, which is very like kind of like gets you pumped, but is also you know the way all the best souls music is is also kind of sad. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he's missing one of his hands. No. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, Mike. Do you want to grab uh, grab Merc? Oh. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, Murph Murphy via Facebook. Uh, lore speculation. The old knights are from Anerlondo. Come here to retrieve Guinevere when she ran off with Hade. They broke in through the hole in the basement. Unable to find and retrieve her, or unable to return, they went hollow and paced the ruins. Ages later, smugglers use the hole, but that gets into the next area. Hmm. 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 Yeah, something made that hole. Yeah, something. I don't don't know why. Definitely did, and you know, connected it right conveniently to that gigantic (laughs) underground cove. Um, I don't know that it was smug. Not to poke holes in your theory, Murph. I really respect you as a person. Um, But, but, uh, but, uh, like, it's isn't it pretty much stated directly that uh, uh, the Undead Wharf was where uh, people were Shanghai to under cover of night by uh, Vendrick to get them to the Lost Bastille. I know that getting them to the Lost Bastille is part of the purpose of that. I need to go through it with my fine tooth comb that I go through before I get there. But that's yeah. the that's the purpose of the Flexile Sentry and that ship. Yeah. So the way the the kind of yo ho ho, you know, pirate pirate <laughs> wharf area, like all the the boozing and, and drinking and stuff that goes on there, that part I don't necessarily understand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fitting into it, but it would make sense that it is literally there to 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 just to bring undead. Yeah. You know, there like mm-hmm. the ship part definitely is. The town yeah. part, I don't know. I feel kind of so, like an asshole because they could still be smugglers, even if they were working for Vendrick. So that is totally like a thing. Yeah, and, exactly. Like I don't know what the the rank and file, yeah, you know, guys. They're also they have that armor from a um, Vanaram Van. Another yeah, the Vi- uh, Viking lands. Yeah, the Viking. Yeah, exactly. They have, <laughs> they they come from a different land. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know what the, they're doing there. I know what the ship is doing there. Yeah, but. and it's. I mean. Well, we'll talk about it more next episode, but we might as well say it here in this bridge between the two areas that uh, it's notable that – God, notable. I need to stop saying that fucking word. <laughs> it's, it's, it's notable that uh, – that, uh, Get a this... dictionary or a dictionary calendar. calendar. Get a calendar. Get a dictionary just sounded really mean. Yeah. Um, what I meant to say was we could call back to the other time I was mean. Yeah. To, all, totally to all those mean. other times where you yeah. castigated me for for dating to want, use a multi-syllable word. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to sound pretentious, but itchy and scratchy is a dramaturgical dyad. That, um, <laughs> it's efficiency, damn it! It's efficiency. It's efficiency so long as you don't call me out. No, no, but uh, but I forget what I was even going to say. Fuck. Take that. Oh no, I'm no, it, it, like it, it's it's notable that uh, that uh, the the cathedral connects directly to this horrible place. So you get the idea that people who are coming here for sanctuary were being, uh, you know, taken away. Uh, specifically because they were in the most need so yeah maybe like shades of latria yeah with that hmm. yeah yeah totally possible hmm. um levi says via contact so let's say that hades is where guinevere went after she fled Anne orlando it makes sense that ornstein would be here as well since he is her bodyguard and it's probably also safe to say that he was an illusion when we fought him in Anne orlando now why is he using dark magic well he is a renowned dragon slayer living in a land that is filled with dragons, and this probably made him very uncomfortable. In an attempt to give him more methods to defend himself and relieve his dragon anxiety, <laughs> um, I suffer from similar anxieties, uh, he, he probably started dabbling in the dark art of his former dragon slaying compatriot, Havel. The effects of uh, the magic debilitate the user after leaving, uh, u- debilitate the user, leaving a fraction slower and also dull his once pristine armor. Hmm. Yeah, hexes are powerful as shit. He just yeah. discovered what, what we all discovered <laughs> when, we, when we made a hex build. Yeah. So. It just seems like he picked the wrong hexes because they're not very Yeah, his, his hexes are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably got like 10 faith and like 40 intelligence. So, and just, he's just doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, so, 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 I, I believe that arc as much as I believe the one that I initially settled on, which is that he was consumed by the Abyss and Lordran and resurfaced. Through the chasms here, mm-hmm. you know, the, if, if he came, but the so if he came over with um, with Guinevere though, that was pre Abyss Lordran. Mm, okay, so because uh, when by the time you get to Anor Orlando, Guinevere has been long gone. Okay, like yeah. so they they fled once yes. uh, the curse started. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, but yeah. I mean, what could have happened is um, he could have uh, you know, if he was still there, if he didn't leave with Guinevere. If he left later mm-hmm. to the same area, like was seeking sanctuary, that he could have left after uh, Lordran fell to the abyss. It could also be, um, you know, spoiler space uh, machinations 
Yeah. Uh, you know, when she came over and started farting all over everything. Oh, yeah, that he would have followed the uh, the pieces. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So yeah. those things would all make sense, too. So not everybody dug the uh, the lore um, and kind of beauty of this area. <laughs> they're they're wrong. No, but uh, there's a whole section here of kind of like uh, criticisms, which we will dive into uh, with our good friend and uh, a uh, alumni of the show, Jeremy Greer, not ECEC on uh, on YouTube. Via Facebook says, I really love the visuals in this area, but my God, is it boring to play through <laughs> after the first time? At least it's short, and at least the enemies are typical Dark Souls dumb enemies, so you can kill them quickly, or surprise, just run past them. The sewer bit is interesting, if only for the architecture, but it's just more of the same dumb enemies. I also don't think that any of the area is in Orlando crumbling, uh, crumbling or is related to in Orlando in any way. I like the idea of, the, of this being the place that Guinevere rode off to, but even that seems too pat for me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I, like it, it. It is pat. Um, I don't know if that is necessarily a bad thing. And it I, does, that like that doesn't seem doesn't seem that pat to me. Like it seems more pat the idea of it just being Anne Orlando yeah. seems pretty pat. You know, it has the same architecture and is the same thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> despite the fact that it is now in an ocean, whereas like Anne Orlando was at the top of an arch tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like Anne Orlando was nowhere near sea level. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, that seems like I mean I guess that doesn't seem pat. It seems incredulous, but pat at first glance because it's so obvious. Yeah. You know. Yep. And, but, you know, I didn't, you know, you know, even I, until tonight, when it was brought up in somebody's response, didn't draw the connection between Guinevere, Flan, Flame, and Hade, you know, mm-hmm. and the Tower of mm-hmm. Flame. And that is, that is what's driving my current understanding of it right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that, that, that's a couple of steps of remove, yeah. right? Yeah. And I don't totally disagree with you about the gameplay. Like, it's not my favorite area gameplay-wise. Yeah. I like the shock and awe, and I like how hard these guys are because I face them very early. Mm-hmm. Um, but, in, in you know, especially the second half of it, the uh, church part is one of my least favorite areas in the game. So, But I love how it looks. Like, I just like how it looks too much to, you know, it forgives a lot for me. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think we I think we skipped you, Mike. Do you want to grab Sean? Uh, sure. Uh, Sean via contact. Uh, his criticism is, let's see. Uh, Hades Tower of Flame, a game of chess set in a surreal landscape. The simple, abstract nature of the level makes for enjoyable gameplay, but leaves me wanting a bit more flavor and depth to cover up the bones of the gameplay and really throw myself into the thematic experience, uh, which could have been so rich and interesting. The design of the area really works with the theme, a civilization at its dusk before sinking into oblivion. The enemies are like pieces on a chessboard. Their slow but devastating attacks create a calculated experience that is learned by moving through it repeatedly. The area feels very conceptual in nature, with no room to explore and appreciate the ruins of Hade. This pulled me out of the experience, and I felt like I was moving through choreographed game experience rather than being immersed in the area. This could have been helped by having some ruins to explore radiating off of the main path, which is so linear and straightforward that it doesn't really feel like ruins. The very light lore provided by the area also contributes towards the area feeling, dare I say it, a bit hollow in respect, in retrospect. Despite the beautiful landscape of Hades Tower, I ultimately enjoyed it less than other areas in the game. This might be one of the least immersive areas I've explored so far. Hmm. Yeah, well, uh, well said. Yeah. I, I think that I, the, the part of that that I probably agree with the most is the idea of there being kind of more ruins to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling more like a complete, yeah, like feeling like a complete area or a complete civilization, you know, as opposed to just literally like the path that didn't sink. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know? So, I'll give you that. I I mean, it it makes a little, uh, just the the barest, faintest bit of sense that all you're seeing are the highest levels, which aren't necessarily going to be, you know, the most restricted, like Mm -hmm. floor space wise. Um, because everything right. else has been devoured by the sea. But you're right. Like, you know, one of my favorite things about Anne Orlando was actually seeing these royal living quarters and seeing the portraits and all of this other, you know, just awesome flavor stuff and yeah. just how linear and how laid bare this was. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I cannot disagree with that. Yeah. De- definitely when you first enter Anne Orlando for the first time, you can look down and see, you know, tons of, of architecture and 
you know buildings of all sorts of nature. But um, and this one, you kind of you pick out maybe three or four big big buildings and spots that you tack onto, but then the rest of the area is just kind of bare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, comparing it to Anne Orlando, other than the fact that it looks like it, isn't necessarily fair. Sure. You know, because like Anne Orlando is a real kind of tentpole for the first game, and this was never meant to be that. Mm-hmm. But like it, it, it definitely. I mean, I don't disagree that I wish that there was more to it, and it was more like exploring this culture, especially if you know Hade is a, a whole different area. Like everything we're going to know about Hade, we're going to learn by exploring it, and there's just not that much to explore. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, wrapping up the criticism part, DJ Davis uh, says via Facebook. At first glance, this area is gorgeous. Looking up, you can see the stars and the darkening sky, and the crumbling, ruin-like nature of the buildings creates a sense of time gone by. Unfortunately, the area as game level is rather uninteresting. The path is linear without any secrets, uh, secret areas that I could find, and the enemies are slow and easy, and the two boss battles set the stage for a huge number of boss battles to come. A battle against a uh, humanoid combatant in a static arena in which you simply circle around uh, to the right and attack the butt. Um, the titular Tower of Flame is not explorable and is simply used as stage dressing. I was excited uh, as I anticipated being able to climb up to the top of the tower, discovering and exploring the structure as I went, and ultimately disappointed that I was unable to. It's one saving grace is one of the most memorable NPCs. A cleric consumed by greed fueled by a prosperity gospel idea uh, by a prosperity gospel ideology who tricks the PC into thinking that uh, only a miracle can open a certain path. Another cool thing about the level is that it leads to one of the best levels in the game and I like the narrative implications of these two areas connecting. Hmm. Yeah. Spot on. So, definitely. Yeah, I mean I, the one thing I would say that I don't necessarily agree with that um, is that the I like the the battles against humanoid combatants. Yeah. Like, when I think about the battles in Dark Souls 1 that, like, <clears throat> this that would contrast with, they're not usually my favorites. Like, my favorite Dark Souls battles were, like, you know, the ones where it feels just kind of like a fight, yeah. you know? And I've, I've said that before. Like, you know, Artorias is my favorite boss battle in either game. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, uh, I like the fight with Gwyn. Mm-hmm. I like the the fight with Taurus Demon, which is not a humanoid combatant, but he's at least it's a, like a melee fight. Mm-hmm. You know, compared to something like Seath, where it's, like, about, like, managing AoE and and that kind of thing, you're yeah. not using lock on. I like that a little bit less. Like I, I don't really have a problem with there being more kind of one-on-one melee fights yeah. in this game than the first one. Looking at places where Dark Souls used scale, it was almost always you know against it, and those were not the memorable fights, like uh, Ceaseless Discharge or even uh, uh, what's it, the Iron Golem. Like those yeah. are just kind of you know white noise almost. Yeah, and some of them were memorable from a set point perspective, but yeah. not necessarily from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, like I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think uh, you know, or like uh, centipede demon, you know, like I, I hate that boss fight. <laughs> like, <it's> a, like <laughs> there are some just kind of rotten boss fights that are trying that that just don't work as well. I think. Sure. So, and some of the the one on one person to person boss fights in this game, I really really love. Like Belstat's yeah. probably my favorite boss fight in this game, um, and I really like uh, Ruin Sentinels. And uh, there's several of them where just you're fighting against people, but I, you know, yeah. it's it's just more satisfying to dodge. Like it just feels feels good, you yeah, know, sure. getting up in there. So, but uh, yeah, the I rest could, of that I think is right on. Yeah, I could agree with um, the complaint about a bunch of simple humanoid attacking the butt fights. If maybe that was the bulk of the fights that they have, but um, granted, they do have quite a few in Dark Souls too. But there's also a lot more bosses, so yeah. they, I don't know. Those types of fights have their place, and I think definitely this these two instances were were fine uses of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. the fact that they're back to back is what people are picking yeah, up. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it gets real interesting real fast too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like insofar as the very next boss we're going to talk about specifically discouraged is attacking the butt by making the butt not accessible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Uh, so looking here into the uh, into the just fun and uh, uh, section, which is uh, things that are not related but still fun to talk about. Um, I wanted to mention here specifically on the show. There's a video that you have to watch. Yep. Uh, it was brought up in our Facebook. It's called "How to Beat Colon the Bosses of Dark Souls 2, which is by a YouTube channel called uh, My Life and Gaming, which. To a spooky degree, exactly mimics the 90s Game Guide VHS tape aesthetics. <laughs> like, it is just the best thing. <laughs> it, it's really funny. I was, like it I was raring to have a shitty day the morning that was posted. And just by the <laughs> fact of watching that, I had a good day. 
And there are just like enough inaccuracies. Like they call them campfires instead of bonfires. <laughs> and they call uh, the uh, the old Iron Keep Magma Mansion. Magma Mansion. Uh, you played Authority, the Royal Rat. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, and they're like good tips too, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not quite as it's quite not quite to the degree. Like I love the the fake guide for Dark Souls One with like the Dark Templar class and all the prong damage <laughs> and stuff. That's one of my favorite videos that's ever been done of Dark Souls. So like the humor isn't quite there because they're actually good tips, but the <laughs> uh, the verisimilitude of like the nineties of it is great. Like it's a it's a great video. It's super funny. Yeah. So so go check that out. We'll put that in the notes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's Do you want to read Adams? Yep. Uh, cool. Uh, sure. So Adam says via contact, I want to share a quick story about some new game plus Forest of Fallen Giants PvP. I was looking for the host and noticed that the explosive barrel bonfire shortcut hadn't yet been triggered. A quick fireball ignited the barrels and blew up the wall. As the smoke cleared, I could see the host standing right in front of me in the bonfire room. Our duel wasn't that interesting, but I love thinking about our encounter from his perspective. All is quiet around the bonfire when the wall in front of him, boom, explodes. And here I am. <laughs> it would have been great. It would have been a great opportunity for some Katarina Armor Kool-Aid Man cosplay. <laughs> I, I, I include that in the responses just because that has to be the best entrance I've heard a story of. Yeah, that's super great. Yeah. The, uh, when I, I mentioned it when we did our Dark Souls One PvP, but when I made my like toxic Lord guy, I took that um, the rusting spell and just used it to make entrances. So I would just stand on one side of a corner, lit out a cloud of that thing, and then just walk out of it. And that was like, that was the entire point of it. Like I would never cast that on a person. It was just to, to emerge from. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Like if you could have just like just played over chat by like proximity chat crazy train. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like oh man, here comes the boom. <laughs> oh man. So thank you Adam. That was a fun yeah. story. Mm-hmm. And finally uh Take says via contact. I just finished my No Bonfire New Game Plus run. Jesus. Uh, it was pretty interesting since No Bonfires means Estus isn't unlimited, weapon durability is an actual factor, and you have to be selective of which bonfires you choose to touch. Uh, lighting is okay, sitting is not. Uh, some highlights include not being able to return to Majula from No Man's Wharf because I set the turning room uh, to the cops and then died, sending me to my last checkpoint in the wharf. Ooh. Wow. Um, Appreciating how large the world of Drang Lake is. Uh, like people who ignore fast travel in Bethesda games, being forced to actually run from one end to another, sometimes through ridiculously dangerous terrain, uh, really makes you appreciate how big the world is. Sitting down and actually writing a plan for how to approach the last quarter of the game, which requires traveling all over the land. And just dealing with nasty New Game Plus surprises that didn't exist in the ordinary game. I was inspired to do it after seeing Lobos Jr.'s run of it, uh, which was amazing, like many of his runs. Do you guys place any conditions on yourself when you play these games? Like no summoning, no magic, or whatever else it might be. And it looks like there's a YouTube link. Is that to uh, the run that he did? Yep. Awesome. That's great. I will definitely check that out. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Ta- ta- uh, Taki is one of our like superstar contributors. Like He's done a lot of good stuff. So go check it out because he knows his shit. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, funny story to uh, <laughs> the end of my no bonfire run actually... Uh, I did not complete it because 95% of the way through the game, after talking to Malentia, who I had not sent back to Majula and was still in the Tower of the Giant, the Cardinal Tower, um, I habitually just turned around and immediately started spamming X to try and oh, go down the ladder no. and proceeded to sit at the bonfire. So that, <laughs> oh, that was the end no. of that. <laughs> so, so inauspicious. <laughs> and I've not yet returned to the run yet, but... Uh, uh, I definitely will in the future. Yeah. Wow, that's that's funny. I also had no planning for the run. So mm-hmm. after I did the entire string of areas all the way to, um, I guess, Dragon Airy, uh, I had a rough time having to run all the way back through uh, Shrine of Amana and, and all that. It was it was no fun. Wow. Yeah. Like, can, can you... Give me a little bit of insight into how much planning goes into you know goes into one of these runs. Uh, very little, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it actually kind of it, it sometimes ends up being 
better that way, sort of. I don't know. <laughs> um, people will sometimes give me ideas where I'll think of an idea and I'll say, yeah, let's do it. For example, my bow only run. Like, <laughs> sure, that's, that's, that seems like a logical run to do. However, I had no previous research other than the fact that I knew there was a short bow in Leningrad's little hut. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only bow I knew of. So it, it's kind of an experience to interact with chat and go, what bows exist? And they're like, oh, this <laughs> bow exists. Uh, because, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I typically go straight for the the challenge runs and don't spend too much time exploring a lot. Mm. So I'm, I deprive certain information that you know, normal players would absolutely have. Right. But, uh, yeah. No, but you got, you've got the kind of the, the uh, viewer base that kind of shores up that. That's really interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that you have because you go straight for the challenge runs. Exactly. Yeah. So, they're kind of my, my partners in crime when I try yeah. to attempt these runs and they back me up with the info as needed. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, I, I haven't done like, yeah, I mean, um, I haven't done tons of challenge stuff. Just like answer the, the question like i will i will always fight a boss without summoning the first time or probably the first couple times like i try not to summon right away right. um and then i've done like i, I usually will try to do no shield is like an early thing i've done in all the games and then uh i did a couple challenge run things for dark souls one but that were not like i did the all magic grave lorded thing mm-hmm. which it didn't end up being that hard at all like they're mm-hmm. not super challenge runs they're just mildly challenging sure but yeah I, I am actually I'm gonna do a whip run. Um I watch I was watching your, your whip run and that was something I plan on doing Oops. anyway because they're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Power stancing whips is is quite a thing, especially yeah. when you get that spotted whip with it applies poison so easily and it's just <laughs> devastating. Yeah. You know, they are funny. Yeah. And I'm not good enough at either, at either game to do any of these, so any which way but loose, whatever <laughs> works and gets me through it. So <laughs> Well, part of the reason why I do the first playthrough super safe is because I want to look at everything. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to be worrying about, you know, the, those kind of tactical considerations we're talking about when I want to try to, like, stop and be able to read item descriptions and stuff and, and everything. But later, you know, later I, I get more into doing that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that's everything uh, for this. Um, it's actually we have recorded, by the time you hear this, we have recorded our episode about um, No Man's Wharf or Dead Man's Wharf. No Man's Wharf. No Man's Wharf. No Man's Wharf. <laughs> um, I think I called it Dead Man's Wharf in the last episode. Um, the uh, So just because we have a scheduling uh, thing with our guest uh, for mm-hmm. that, which you uh, will hear next week, which is our riff from Video Games Hot Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited about that. We'll have already recorded it by the time you listen. So yeah. it was good and fun. He is a nice <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you have any thoughts on kind of the next area that we're going to do, which is the uh, the Lost Bastille, um, then go ahead and send them to us. That is duckfeed.tv slash contact. Use uh, the little drop-down menu to get Bonfireside Chat. Or uh, hit up hit us up on uh, Facebook. That's uh, facebook.com slash Bonfireside Chat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LobosJR, Lobos Jr., uh, as well as on YouTube, youtube.com slash Lobos Junior Gaming. Mm-hmm. Highest recommendation there. So yeah. definitely, definitely check that out. And several of you already have, obviously, but I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then we've been recording for a long time. Yeah. Um, if you want to find <laughs> the rest of our stuff, if you go to duckfeed.tv, you can find it. And we have to do the full admin yeah. right now. But. No, we don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, leave us a rating on iTunes um, if you have uh, the opportunity or the inclination. And uh, do duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. That Amazon link there really helps us out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, until uh, until next time, what can they do, Cole? Uh, they can, again, can't underline enough, go check out uh, Mike's stuff. And yeah. uh, yep. also, you know, watch out for uh, deleted scenes. Oh, and Seek Misery. Yeah, go 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 to, to twitch.tv forward slash Lobos Jr. Less this land devour you whole. <laughs> so. Also, go ahead and register that because you'll need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, by way of politeness, asking your preference, would you prefer that uh, when we are referring to you casually that we say Mike or Lobos? Uh whichever you are more comfortable calling me. Honestly, everybody in real life calls me Lobos, so you're welcome to do so as well. Mm-hmm. I, I will probably say Mike, but we want to make sure that we introduce you as such. Sure. 
you know, initially. So not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Was, is that that's a is that a, a real life nickname that kind of bled into your stream? Um. Yeah, but it's been around since I was in I don't know seventh grade or so. so oh wow! It's a pretty yeah. good nickname, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, everyone just calls me Dick Face. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not true. Last not as good. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound it doesn't sound badass at all. Doesn't have that nobody, to it. Yeah, no, no. Nobody's gonna name like a cool gang after. It's ever gonna be like the Los Angeles Dick Faces. <laughs> Whereas you can, you can you can very easily have like you know Texas Lobos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there actually is a New Mexico Lobo team. Oh yeah. I'm doing. Um, we're starting a new game for game night. Yeah. And uh, the character I'm playing is a, a ventriloquist. <laughs> so I keep looking at all this ventriloquism stuff because I thought it would be, if it was at all easy, which it's not, but I was just kind of idly looking at it while killing time and how awesome it would be if I actually came in with the dummy and was like doing it. <laughs> and then I was looking at custom prices to get a ventriloquist dummy that looks like you. And it runs <laughs> you about eight grand, unfortunately. That's great. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, a, a bespoke Gary dummy. <laughs> I, I would be pretty into it. Yeah. Like, I'd be just like, well, that way, if somebody kills you, your soul could inhabit it and take revenge. Yeah, like a Horcrux. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, who would never knew where Gary hid his soul? <laughs> and then there's just like a tiny me on the shelf, like just look with the eyes going back and forth in that wooden, like, kind of way. I gotta say, that's the worst part about about being turned into a dummy is you always have to laugh, like, yeah, 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 if you ever get to laugh again. No, true. Depends on if somebody picks you up. Did you ever see Dolls? We ever talked no. about that? It's a, a Stuart, um, Stuart Gordon movie. That's the guy who did a Reanimator and, um, oh, Dagon and a bunch of movies I like. I've, um, not, I've not seen it. It is a horror movie about this guy, this kindly old man who makes dolls. And uh, this couple, you know, this couple ends up like staying there the night during a storm. And then these teens break in and end up just kind of stealing from them. And then they get this like the dolls get this like terrible revenge hmm. on them. And one of the characters ends up being turned, he's like a yuppie guy, and he ends up being turned into a, 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 a punch doll. And it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is a really gross, like, they, the movie's super scary. Like, they take the people and they are turning them into these dolls. Like, Ugh. but when they are, they're still, like, partly flesh and blood. Um, it's super creepy. Yeah, transformation yeah. stuff really bugs me. Yeah, me too. A willow scene. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I opened a... Uh... Fresh bottle of mead, and I don't know if you've ever had mead, but this mead is incredibly fizzy and takes like 10 minutes to, once you open the bottle to fully fizz out and settle down. Mm-hmm. We got the meat you need. The yes. <laughs> I've, I think I've only had, um, I've, I had one can of mead once, but I've had homemade mead a couple of times, and nice. it was not carbonated. Interesting. Yeah. Um, way back in the day. Sure. So. I had mead that was so homemade that there was a bug in it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was very put off of me because of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how they get the fizz. They put the crushed up bees right in it. Yeah, <laughs> like orbits. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it was like a little fruit fly, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, this is this this has been an experience." <laughs> Fortunately, the person who made it wasn't there, so it's yeah. like, yeah. Well, would would they have been offended? <laughs> Like if you're just like there's a bug in this, they'd be like, look and look, Protein. that's me. You drink that. <laughs> like, like, I like to think that yeah. no one begrudges someone not eating bugs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I just in in a lot of ways, I'm too polite. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, especially when it comes to bug eating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so if this makes sound air, <laughs> if you ask Goldie to bug, he has to do it. <laughs> So use it against him if you ever meet him in person. Excellent. <laughs> it's like if you say my true name backwards. <laughs> uh, uh, mm-hmm. Get right. a bug and he'll do whatever you want. Elok. Eloxor. Okay, let's... Uh, I said let's true name, one. Gary. Oh, okay. <laughs> my name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. Mike. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. Say, go ahead and say your name and then we'll, we'll go through and introduce you. I'm sorry. I probably wasn't clear. Sorry. Not a problem. Cool. Um, so I'll say my name. Cole will say his name. Um, go ahead and say your name. I'll introduce the show and then Cole will introduce you. Cool. Okay. And there's, there's no good reason for that. Like we very well could yeah. just introduce you. It's just how we've always done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. 
I am out of soda stream, so I'm drinking canned soda water like an animal. Yeah. <laughs> you miserable failure. <laughs> um, I'm going to make a noise real quick. Sorry about that. My cat is uh, uh, kind of nosing around my router. Hmm. Oh. So I'm going to spring some compressed air. To, uh, <laughs> of course. Get out of there, buddy. Okay. <laughs> 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 this is where the distractions come from. <laughs> yeah, that's true. On Fireside Cat. Um, and we all pray that we will have far more soon. <laughs>